Tackle, episode 124. Welcome, ladies and gents. Thanks for being with me late night. I am absolutely exhausted. I appreciate you guys being here, but uh, the show must go on. Um, I think it's some of the drama that's wearing me out. I mean, it's it's been very thick lately. Uh, it's been one of those things from last week where... I had to do that show on Austin Skidmore, man. I, boy, not not something I wanted to do. Uh, still, kind of took the wind out of my sails a little bit to to have had to do that, and I don't know finding I don't know, the time and energy to come back and uh, kind of get back in the saddle this week uh, has just 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 kind of like been like, man, I don't want to talk about drama. I I don't want to do it. Uh, current events is one of those things where, boy, I mean, there's some funny weird crazy stuff going on out there uh but at the same time you know it's uh it's all it's all typical it's all typical murder cult bullshit and so you know uh a lot of times when i find myself in these situations i like to go back to uh the readings the the writings the 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 anti-federalists like some some just people that will ground you and base you and just give you everything that you possibly need to do this kind of stuff so i'm going to do some anti-federalists tonight this uh we're up to anti-federalist paper number 34 i'm going to try to do 34 and 35 tonight on taxation uh given that a lot of you guys in uh in may came out and uh, had to had to give the government more and more of your money even in a year where they weren't off they didn't get sequestered they they you know they collected paychecks and all that nonsense so um I thought we'd uh, we do some uh, some fun stuff first and, and and really say thank you to everybody. Um, so many patrons have come on. Thank you very much for for being awesome. Uh, you guys are coming through in big ways. Uh, I get to go up to the LP uh, convention in Michigan, uh, my hometown here on the 26th and 27th, where I'll be speaking about the Helios Project. Uh, and I'm excited about that. I've got uh, Dave Smith's show tomorrow. That's going to be amazing. And on July 2nd, down at Smith's Old Bar, uh, Zach Deputy, he is a looper, is going to uh, be playing. Uh, I'm going to do a live show beforehand, and I, I'm, I'm trying to recruit uh, Pete Cunianos, uh to come over and, and host that with me. Uh, but... We shall see, uh, but save the date for uh, July 2nd. It should be a fantastic time down there. Uh, you know, we don't get to get out and uh, and see each other and do as much as we, we should be in this liberty movement anyway. So I can't uh, can't wait to see everybody and do a fun live show down there uh, along with some music and everything else. But um, outside of being patrons, if you guys want to support the show, you can go to Apple Podcasts and write a review. It helps me more than you will ever know. Um, five stars, and I will read it here. I've got a few of them tonight. Uh, an emerging leader, five stars. I love Shane's uncompromising stand on liberty combined with a willingness to talk with detractors based on common humanity. My main wish beyond his podcast is a way to get the community on an electronic discussion type platform so participants in the community can network and organize among e amongst each other in a distributed way um hey if this is your review um hit me up and i will plug you into what we do here in georgia in the liberty crowd um and if you are in georgia and you want to do something either with liberty or with um, my campaign specifically hit me up at shane at radicalpod.com and i will plug you into uh, the network that we use uh, with Basecamp. so 
there you go. Heads up. So uh, next one, Liberty, five stars. Shane is just great. Breaking down the local and national stories and educating us all on our rights. Thank you very much. 10 out of 10. Shane is one of the absolute best voices for Liberty out there. He does not water down the message at all. And that's part of what makes it so powerful. The one and only thing I can find wrong with Shane is that he doesn't live and can't run for governor in my home state of Tennessee. Keep up the great work. We're going to find you an executive. Thank you guys for taking the time to do those. I really appreciate them. Uh, the fact that we're above uh, as many shows as we are right now. Like I, that's one of those metrics where I look at it and go, okay, cool. We're picking up. We're, we're going faster in the reviews and everything else um, while keeping a pretty good score out there. There are a couple haters. That's, that's the, that's, that's what we're going to get as we get more successful. We get a, a couple haters here and there. Um, and we're going to stay away from that kind of stuff tonight. Uh, we are going to go back to the anti-federalists, the ones they didn't teach you in school. Uh, man, I, uh, I, I get excited about these things. I'm such a dork. Um, love you, Shane. Keep up the hard work, my dude. You're killing it. Believe it will pay off. Uh, thank you. Thank you, medicated child. A.A. Ron. Uh, you've been leaving me jonesing for some anti-federalist action. I need my anti-federalist fix. You got it, A.A. Ron. I appreciate you, man. Um, the following speech, this is anti-federalist paper number 34, The Problem with Concurrent Taxation. Um, this is by like, one of my favorites, and I'm sure you guys know, Patrick Henry. This was uh, delivered in the Virginia ratifica- uh, Ratifying Convention of June 5th of 1788. Um uh, at this point, we had already had, obviously, the Constitutional Convention. Um, many of you guys knew uh, that it was a coup. If you don't know that the, the Constitution was a coup, um, boy, you're you're late to the anti-federalist with us. And, you know, there's time to catch up. It's also a hard pill for a lot of people um, like myself, who was a studied like constitutional expert like the I thought, hey, man, these guys wrote a lot of great stuff and they did some good jobs. But listen, it was an aristocratic combination. It was the murder cult is what we know them as. And um, the anti-federals were the guys that were trying to stop it. They are very much the LPMC of their time, right? Or we are the anti-federalists of this time. Either way you want to look at it. But um, the following speech, June 5th, 1788 by Patrick Henry. I will never give up the power of direct taxation, but for a scourge, I am willing to give it conditionally. That is, after noncompliance with requisitions, I will do more, sir. And what I hope will convince the most skeptical man that I am a lover of the American Union that in case Virginia shall not make punctual payment, the control of our custom houses and the whole regulation of trade shall be given to Congress. And that Virginia shall depend on Congress even for passports till Virginia shall have paid the last farthing and furnished the last soldier. So um, basically, Patrick Henry is starting off setting the stage so eloquently as he did. Man, I'll tell you what, listening to Patrick Henry or, you know, reading Patrick Henry. I mean, I, I can imagine. I mean, 
this is the guy that just said there and said, nah, we're not, we're not going to do a lot of your stuff. Like we're out, man. Thanks. But no, thanks. The centralization. Um, we're not here for that. He, you know, he called, uh, the, you know, the British, the enemy long before most people ever wanted to, when he gave the, the famous speech, you know, give me liberty or give me death. And to, to see where he is in the public eye and he speaks, He's able to set that stage. He's a great storyteller and probably even better orator. Um, but for this, we are we're in taxation, uh, the concurrent taxation, uh, where you have not only state and local, but now what you're talking about is adding another level of taxation. It's like where we're at now. Like draw some parallels in what history teaches us. What are they trying to do right now? Right. They're, they're trying to bring on an international tax. Right. And, and like this, this whole thing, you just see it plain as day. Had this gone a lot smoother, had Americans not had guns, had, you know, maybe the, the world kind of, I don't know, forgot its doctors and, and only listened to, you know, the, the, the square, you know, murder cult TV of light. Maybe. You know, the, the the idea of an international cabal or one international government having reign over everybody, man, like that's kind of what I see, man. It's it's terrible. And if it looks like the damn picture is frozen. Oh, man, I love when technology does this kind of stuff. I'm going to fix this here in the um, two seconds, guys. I apologize. We're not going to do this. We're going to do this instead. We'll be fine. Back at it. There we go. So we're going to continue on here. Sorry for the technical difficulties. It says, nay, sir, there is another alternative to which I would consent, even that they should strike us out of the union and take away from us all federal privilege privileges till we comply with federal requisitions, but let it depend on upon our pleasure to pay our money in the most easy manner for the people. Were all the states more terrible than the mother country to join against us? I hope Virginia would defend herself. But, sir, the dissolution of the union is most abhorrent to my mind. So I'm going to stop here for this is a pause. And for you, those of you guys that are for new to me reading the anti-federals, I pause and I talk about this kind of stuff in, you know, old language versus modern language um, and, and kind of do some translation and reading into this kind of stuff just because this is this is my wheelhouse. Uh, I love this kind of stuff. Um, he, he talks about to pay of their own pleasure, right? Like voluntarism. Patrick Henry is talking about voluntarism way back, you know, 240 plus years ago now. And it's it's amazing to see this idea that he's like, hey, guys, you know what? Like, I don't want to see us break up. Right. I don't want to see like we don't have to have animosity towards each other. You know, Rhode Island, Connecticut, uh, you know, the the 13 colonies back then and now in the 50 states like, listen, guys, you know, we could get. You know, we can have a divorce like we're not a constitutional republic. I hate to be the bearer of bad news, but we're not. Um, if we all kind of win our separate ways, most states have far more people in them than the entire nation did at the time. Right. You know, if you look at uh, the, the 13 colonies where they had you know, three million people. Right. I got three million people plus here in Atlanta, for God's sakes. Can we run this as a country? Of course we could. We could probably turn it into a bunch of different countries, but I digress. Um, what what 
you know, Patrick Henry is saying is we would we would be much better off as a as a state of Virginia. And he doesn't think that the other states would raise a hand against them if they didn't join the union, which he doesn't want to be a part of. Um, but he doesn't want to see the entire you know, organization in terms of just the, the Philadelphia between states um, fade away. So it's very, very akin to what we talk about in the Mises caucus. Like, guys, you know, secession is not it, it's not what you think it is. Right. Secession is one of those things where we get to go. All right. We're peeling off a giant level bureaucracy. We're peeling off, a you know, this this foreign policy nonsense where we continue, you know, wars for 20 plus years where we, you know, take the the lives of some of the bravest people that I've ever known. And we ship them off under the guise of, you know, America, freedom and star spangly amazingness to, to countries to do terrible, terrible things that they're going to have to live with for, for the rest of their life. Like this is, this is the idea that we get to pull that back and we say, Hey, listen, we're going to control our own foreign policy. We're going to control our own taxes. We're going to be able to reach out and touch the people who are making a lot more of these decisions. And, you know, in, in, in this case, like, Hey, listen, what we should be talking about is voluntarism paying where it's our pleasure to pay um, for things. And, you know, that's an idea that a lot of people have trouble with because we're like, Oh, Shay, well, who would pay the roads? And you're like, God damn, man. Like we got this shit figured out. Like, We'll, we'll handle the roads. There were roads, there were airports, there were all these things before the government ever did. And the, the government commandeered and then took control of them um, to make sure that you couldn't use them without permission. To continue, the first thing I have at heart is American liberty. The second thing is American union. And I hope the people of Virginia will endeavor to preserve that union. The increasing population of the southern states is far greater than the New England. Consequently, in a short time, they will be far more numerous than a people of that country. Consider this, and you will find the state more particularly interested to support American liberty and not bind our posterity by improvident relinquishment of our rights. I would give the best security for a punctual compliance with requisitions, but beseech gentlemen at all hazards not to give up this unlimited power of taxation, right? Like they knew at the time, they they knew this was going to happen. They knew we were going uh, to relinquish the quote unquote, the state power of tax, which still taxation is theft to a federal government, a another one. Yeah. It's crazy. It's absolutely nuts. This is my favorite time dropping in on this from Angela Pence. I have to say, this is fucking genius. Love it. Um, Angela, hun, I I love you. I hope you're doing well. Uh, you and your little baby out there. This is the fun of interacting during the show. Yeah, th- these guys are geniuses. To 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 not recognize and and see how genius these guys were 240 plus years ago. I think we got, man. I think our our species has gone downhill quite a bit, you know, and, and by design, smart enough to turn the knobs, right? In the scheme of energetic government, the people will find two sets of tax gatherers, the state and the federal sheriffs. This, it seems to me, will produce such dreadful oppression as the people cannot possibly bear. Oh, man. Two sets of tax gatherers. No, we've got far more than that at this point. 
But this is this is something that we've gotten comfortable with. Um, you know, part of the reason is because they take the money out of your uh, you know, your payment most of the time, if you're not an entrepreneur, they take the, the tax before it ever goes to your bank account. Can you imagine? Seriously, let's put this in perspective. Let's if dudes came around to your house on a weekly or monthly basis with their handout that said, pay me. What do you think would happen to those guys? I know what would happen to those guys. I would have other guys be at my house when those guys got there or got to the neighborhood or wherever they were and we would meet them and we would turn them around and we'd say get fucked you're not taking our goddamn money what are you going to do go spend it on wars you're going to go spend it on you know killing people around the world caging and killing people for plants and things here in america like all these non-violent crimes policies bureaucrats like i wouldn't oh no, not a chance in hell you're getting that money. Boys, let's get them, right? Like run these scumbag freeloaders off of your property and out of your community as fast as you possibly can. That's what they were scared of even back then. It's, I mean, it's as plain as day to see. The federal sheriff may commit what oppression make what distresses he pleases and ruin you with impunity. Oh man. I wonder what <laughs> and ruin you with impunity. So, I mean, what are we talking about? We're talking about ruining you first and foremost, civil asset forfeiture and doing it with impunity. Um, does anybody, you know, in, in this community, do we, do we talk about getting rid of qualified immunity at all? I mean, impunity and immunity, basically the same damn thing for how are you to tie his hands have you any sufficiently decided means of preventing him from sucking your blood by speculations commissions and fees thus thousands of your people will be most shamefully robbed our state sheriffs those unfeeling bloodsuckers have under the watchful eye of our legislator committed the most horrid and bar barbarous ravages of our own people. Why does he call them bloodsuckers, right? Why do they call them bloodsuckers? Because they are literally stealing your fucking life. When you spend your time and energy in this meat sack producing things for your family to put food on their table and clothes on their back and a roof over their head and maybe give them some luxuries if you're if you're capable some time some some things that are nice to haves and these people come out and they live off of that and they produce nothing nothing that the government has have they produced Everything that the government has, they have taken by force or coercion. And that is literally taking your life away from you. This is the murder cult. It has required the most constant vigilance of the legislator to keep them from totally ruining the people. A repeated succession of laws has been made to suppress their 
evil speculations and cruel extortions, and as often has their nefarious ingenuity devised methods of evading the force of those laws in the struggle, they have generally triumphed over the legislator. It is a fact that lands have been sold for five shillings when they were worth 100 pounds. If sheriffs thus immediately under the eye of the state legislator and judiciary have dared to commit these outrages, what would they not have done if their masters had been at Philadelphia or New York? Long way away, long way away. If they, perpetu- if they perpetrate the most unwarrantable outrage on your person or property, you cannot get redress on this side of Philadelphia or New York. And how can you get it there? So he's already talking about it at the time. The state and local sheriffs, the executives going out and robbing people blind, ruining people. Right? Like this, this is a damn big deal for 240 years. It's not just now. Like there was, there's always been a a rich class of people and a group of people who are not rich who are who want to be close to that power and then there's everybody else right like there's everybody else that doesn't want to be part of the power they want to live their lives they want to do good stuff but there are people that will take advantage of that and there are people who want to be close to the people who are taking advantage of that I'm telling you it this spans you know a lot of different Things that's why you know the this whole thing with I don't know going out there and and teaching critical race theory in schools is such bullshit, right? Like people from all walks of life and your ancestors have been abused by very powerful people, and to put everybody into groups, man, well, put them into that one group. (laughs) They've all been oppressed, made made indentured at some point. If your domestic avocations could permit you to go thither, there you must appeal to the judges sworn to support this constitution in opposition to that of any state and who may also be inclined to favor their own officers. Of course they do. When the government investigates the government, what happens? Fucking nothing. When these harpies are aided by excisemen, who may search at any time your houses and most secret recesses. Will the people bear it? If you think so, you differ from me. Where I thought there was a possibility of such mischiefs, I would I would grant power with a, this is a word I'm not going to use, with a stingy hand, okay? Um, and they use some wording back then that they shouldn't have. And here, there is a strong probability that these oppressions shall actually happen. I may be told that it is safe to err on that side because such regulations may be made by Congress as shall restrain these officers. And because laws are made by our representatives and judged by righteous judges. But sir... As these regulations may be made, so they may not, and many reasons they are to induce a belief that they will not. I shall, therefore, be an infidel on that point till the day of my death, Patrick Henry the Great. I love Patrick Henry, of course. Yeah, you know, they're going to make you all these goddamn promises about how amazing it's going to be. And then what? They don't. 
or they do and it's not right. And so he's saying, you know, in his day being an infidel, especially during, you know, um, Thomas Jefferson's time, for God's sakes, being an infidel against a, a constitutional convention and a, I don't know, federation instead of a confederation of states, man, it makes all the sense in the world. He's Patrick Henry is seriously concerned and not only concerned, but, you know, obviously uh, he's, he's a prophet about, you know, what's about to go down here in America. He's absolutely right. You know, you, you can't find justice here at home. The government investigates the government. If you send it through the, the court of appeals, maybe the Supreme Court will hear it. But are you actually going to get any type of reprieve at the federal level? Of course you're not. Yeah, this is uh, you're, you're reading. This is how I feel reading Voltaire five minutes behind. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so let's. Uh, I'm gonna. I'm gonna take some questions in between. Um, Dennis Martin uh, says. So what is the plan to undo 1913? Undoing the 16th and 17th amendments are the Federal Reserve. It is not going to happen in my lifetime with a state of education systems today. People just don't know how we got from here with the income tax. Um, I'll tell you how it's done. Secession, nullification at your local and state level. And the thing is, is this kind of stuff can happen fast. Talk about this kind of stuff all the time in these five-year you know, periods where history changes, right? Abraham Lincoln changed history in America, not for the better, right? Like people say, oh, the war was fought for slavery. No, it wasn't. It was fought to preserve the Union. And Abraham Lincoln was a bastard and a racist on top of everything. Um, they just whitewash history and then they put them in this great, you know, cathedral Parthenon down in the, the mall um, and tell you fictional stories about them from the time you're five years old. Right. Like that's that's what it is. It's all bullshit. Um, but to, to undo 1913, man, I'm, we're not talking about doing undo 1913. We're un, we're talking about undoing 1770. Or 1788, 1787, the, the the Constitutional Convention, where they they brought on a coup of the Articles of Confederation, which most people didn't want, which a lot of powerful people continued to push through, and they leaned on fear like they do today. This is this is the way these guys operate. It's the way they've always operated. It's the way they will always try to operate until they are met with resistance from you so let's move on to 35 federal taxing power must be restrained these guys were absolutely all over this stuff i mean they start it, the anti-federalist is laid out kind of by uh ideas in the constitution itself and they they address them kind of in clumps so that you can digest wholly um how you know, each one of these guys would write about it, how they thought about it, where they stood on everything. And I mean, geez, they when you when you look at um, the, you know, the, the taxation part of the I mean, we've got about 80 different, uh, well, a little over 80 uh, anti-federalist papers. And from about 20, uh, let's see, well, yeah, 29, 30, 31, really. And then all the way through. Uh, 36. So they dedicate over six of these papers to talking about the, the, the consolidation of taxing power. They, I mean, they, it's obviously troubled them to no end and scared them to death. 
uh, that they were going to add another layer of taxation from the federal government being as far away as it was. So anyway, number 35, let's do this. Pull it up here. This is the federal taxing power must be restrained. This is by George Mason of Virginia. Uh, he opposed the Constitution because it lacked the Bill of Rights and centralized powers further. Um, he uh, delivered the following speech before the Virginia Ratifying Convention of June 4th, 1788. Here we go. Thirsty tonight. Mr. Chairman, whether the Constitution be good or bad, the present clause, Article 1, Section 2, clearly discovers that it is a national government and no longer a confederation. I mean that clause which gives the first hint of the general government laying direct taxes. The assumption of this power of laying direct taxes does of itself entirely change the confederation of the states into a consolidated government. This power being a discretion, unconfined, and without any kind of control must carry everything before it. The very idea of converting what was formerly a confederation to a consolidated government is totally subversive of every principle which was hitherto and governed us. This power is calculated to annihilate totally the state governments. Yes, Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution, uh, it talks about uh, not having the power of direct taxation, um, but excise, right? And the, the fact that this is number two, you know, when you look at how they put the Constitution together, right? They, they made, the, you know, the First Amendment, obviously, things that were peaceful versus the second amendment because they wanted us to be those type of people. The numbering and the importance in the numbering was extremely important. Article one being the Congress most representative of the people. Uh, Article two having less power than the Congress. You can tell just by the size and scope of article two that the executive is to be less powerful as is the article three uh, judiciary is supposed to be less powerful than the executive. And they were put in that order and given such powers uh, to, to substantiate that claim. So the, the the thing here, you know, being Article 1, Section 2, we're, we're only Section 2 in the, the very first part of the Constitution into it before they start talking about the consolidation of taxation, taxation at the federal level. Pretty high, pretty high on the importance level of, of what they're talking about, right? Like in this day and age, you know, where we still, you know, print trillions and trillions and trillions of dollars out of thin air every year. It's on monopoly money, paper. They still tax you. Why? It's all for control. It's all control. It's how do we control people? That's why it's Article 1, Section 2 of the Constitution. All right. We'll keep going. This power is calculated to annihilate totally the state governments. Yeah, and it did. Well, the people of this great community of Virginia submit to be individually taxed by two different and distinct powers. Will they suffer themselves to be doubly harassed? These two concurrent powers cannot exist long together. The one will destroy the other. The general government being paramount 
to and in every respect more powerful than the state governments. The latter must give way to the former. And it did. It did a long time ago. People say, well, no, your states are still taking taxes. Yeah, but here's the thing is the states were literally basically the the idea that states were 10th Amendment type states, right? It was killed right when the South said, we're done. We're out of here. We're seceding. See you guys later. You can keep this, you know, Federalist bullshit. We're out. That was when Lincoln came in and said, no, you're not. And we're going to keep you and we're going to keep you as a tax base, tax cattle, right? Like you guys are all, you don't like the way we're running the system now. Cool. We're going to enslave everybody. And that's what they did. They enslaved everybody. They said, no, what we're taking all of your money uh, or some of your money. uh, We are going to have our, you know, our system congregate and funnel everything up of the, you know, utmost importance. And that's, that's where the states are, man. I mean, you look around right now, you think that the federal government wasn't pulling strings with money during the whole COVID shutdown. You're kidding yourself. Did you guys see Brian Kemp get booed this weekend? I have to do a story on that another time. Seriously hysterical at the GOP. Um, They're in trouble. Requisitions under the Articles of Confederation have been often refused and sometimes from an impossibility of complying with them, often from the great variety of circumstances which retards the collection of monies and perhaps sometimes from a willful design to of procrastinating. But why shall we give up the national government this power? so dangerous in its nature and for which its members will not have sufficient information? Is it not well known that what would be a proper tax in one state would be a grievous in another? The gentlemen who have favored us with the eulogy in favor of this system, right? The eulogy, what is he talking about? He's talking about a system dying. In favor of this system, William C. Nicholas must, after all, the coniums, um, look this one up real quick just because I don't know. I don't think I've seen this word before. Sometimes I'll do this. Uh, it's a warm, glowing praise. Encomium. All right. Uh, he has been pleased to bestow upon it. Acknowledge that our federal representatives must be unacquainted with the situation of their constituents. 65 members cannot possibly know the situation and circumstances of all the inhabitants of this immense continent. Well, no kidding. Just like the 335 members of Congress can't know what the circumstances are, especially in this day and age of a continent as big as the United States. It's ridiculous. Or I should say, well, the country of America. When a certain sum comes to be taxed and the mode of levying it to be fixed, they will lay the tax on the article, which will be most productive and easiest in the collection without consulting the real circumstances or convenience of a country with which, in fact, they cannot be sufficiently acquainted. Right. Like they're talking, they're already telling you that this place, whatever this national centralized government is going to be it's going to be out of touch is it out of touch now it's out of touch it's 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 like watching the fucking hunger games where you have the districts who slave away and most of the people are just you know great people and they work their ass off and they're they don't kill anybody they don't hurt anybody they don't do any of these kind of things and they are absolutely taken advantage of by these 
these clowns, these jesters, these people who are sycophants in D.C. that don't have a fucking clue what you guys go through on a daily basis, man. Like, that's, that's, he's talking about it 240 years ago. The mode of levying taxes is of the utmost consequences, and yet here it is to be determined by those who have neither knowledge of our situation nor a common interest with us, nor a fellow feeling for us. The subject of taxation differs in three-fourths, nay, might I say with truth, in our fifths of states. If we trust the national government with all with an effectual way of raising the necessary sum, it is sufficient. Everything we do further is trusting the happiness and rights of the people. Why then should we give up this dangerous power of individual taxation? Why leave the manner of laying taxes to those who, in the nature of things, cannot be acquainted with the situation of those on whom they are to impose them? when it can be done by those who are well acquainted with it, right? Like it's a lot easier for people to reach out and touch their, their councilmen, their congressmen, you know, people here at the state and local level, way easier to reach out and say, Hey man, I'm not giving you money for this kind of shit. Like I don't agree with it. I'm a conscientious objector. You're doing something that's against my belief system. I'm keeping my damn money. I see that how you guys are. Oh, and by the way, we can raise enough people to come in with guns and say, no, no, you're not getting our damn money anymore. You can't do that at the national level, can you? How are you going to affect, how are you going to get your employer never to pay the tax on you again, right? They'll just come into your bank accounts. If instead of giving this oppressive power, we give them such an effectual alternative as will answer the purpose without encountering the evil and danger that might arise from it, then I would cheerfully acquiesce. And would it not be far more eligible? I candidly acknowledge in the efficacy of the Confederation, but requisitions have been made which were impossible to be complied with. Requisitions for more gold and silver than were in the United States. If we were the general government, the power of demanding their quotas of the states with an alternative of laying direct taxes in the case of noncompliance, then the mischief would be avoided. And the certainty of this conditional power would, in all human probability, prevent the application and the sum necessary of the union would be then laid by the states, by those who by those who know how it can best be raised, by those who have a fellow feeling for us. Give me leave to say that the sum raised one way with convenience and case would be very oppressive another way. Why then not leave this power to be exercised by those who know the mode most convenient for the inhabitants and not by those who must necessarily apportion it in such a manner that it shall be oppressive. That's something we probably don't think about enough, something we don't talk about enough. First and foremost, all taxation is theft. Even, you know, even he's getting it wrong at this point. Right. Like they're still in power in the state. They still want that power. Right. Like they understand that still these people are states men 
and they want the power to reside locally. They don't want it to be off anywhere else, but he's still not wrong. You know, the further you get away from this type of, you know, situation of local governance, you know, this apportionment amongst everybody to do, you know, whatever it is that the government wants to do, it's not going to serve everybody in the same way. Of course it's not. An indispensable amendment is that Congress shall not exercise the power of raising direct taxes till the states may be granted, or I'm sorry, till the states shall have refused to comply with the requisitions of Congress. On this condition, it may be granted, but I see no reason to grant it unconditionally as the states can raise the taxes with more case and lay them to the inhabitants with more priority than it is possible for the general government to do. If Congress has this power without control, the taxes will be laid by those who have no fellow feeling or acquaintance with the people. This is my objection to the article now under consideration. It is a very great and important one, and I therefore beg gentlemen to consider it. Should this power be restrained, I shall withdraw my objections to this part of the Constitution. But as it stands, it is an objection so strong in my mind that its amendment is with me a sine qua non. I'm going to look this up real quick, guys, because that's a very important part of the. Uh, let's see. Definition. Something absolutely indispensable or essential so that its amendment is with me absolutely consequential of its adoption i wish for such amendments and such only as are necessary to secure the dearest rights to the people again that was george mason pretty smart guy but i think he's still you know Still big in terms of Virginia. Um, you, you see, I mean, these guys, they nailed it. They nailed it 240 years ago with taxation. They told you guys. The thing is, is taxation, man, I'll tell you what. If it's not voluntary and you can't spend money where you want to, uh, they are violating your right of association. They are vi violating your belief system, right? And those two things, I think, are extremely important in this day and age when we start talking about what we expect out of this ever-changing government. We're a post-constitutional republic in 2021. The executives have the power right now, and it's, um, it's one of those things where you know we're going to see this. We're going to see the emergence of more and more executive power at every level you know we've seen it you know the, you look at the the stories about the the rise of the warrior cop you you look at you know how a lot of sheriff offices are run especially in very very big counties with lots and lots of money you look at all these things and you you got to understand still most of these executives are at least elected so what can we do this is what helios initiative is all about the helios initiative is all about going after these executive positions because in this day and age i can sit here and point to you in a billion different ways how executives have absolutely 
left their constitutional oath per Article 6, Section 3 uh, on the floor and done whatever the hell they've wanted to do. And they have used the legislator and the judicial to empower them to go out and harass peaceful people, cage peaceful people and kill peaceful people. This is where things like the Helios Initiative are going to really, hopefully, start turning things around a little bit. Help people at least contact those guys that might be looking for a friend. They maybe got into politics for the reason. Because I got to tell you, a lot of smaller towns, that's what happened. Somebody got into to the office because they wanted to make a change and they wanted to do something good locally. Um, they're not all, all evil. But what we can do with the ones that have a little bit of good in them is bring to their attention some very, very easy things. Um, starting off with, you know, executive power and leaving peaceful people alone. So the, the idea that article one, section two, uh, didn't create a direct tax. And then we had the, uh, 16th amendment, uh, after the civil war, I mean, changed a lot here in America, right? Uh, it was, it was a giant leap into, uh, a federation which would become an empire at that point. Uh, it would start leaning and and taking on you know more and more of the international banking cartel to fund it. Uh, we start running debt. We start going to greenbacks. We start going to a whole bunch of things, man. That are just I don't know. They're wildly uh, out of step with where you know a lot of you know the freedom base was at the time, but. Um, I think that's going to do it for this show. I appreciate you guys being up late with me. Thank you for helping me reset a little bit uh, to see, you know, that, you know, the the sun comes up, you know, and the sun goes down. And a lot of these, a lot of these players are all the same. It's, it's just, you know, there's nothing new under the sun. Everything repeats. And, you know, here we are another generation with a moment in time to do some very big things for liberty. So I appreciate every one of you guys that are learning these things, um, that are digesting these things, that are spreading them out there. I'm telling you, I'm optimistic. I am. I'm absolutely optimistic about what we can do, where people are at the, you know, trying to, to harness the energy. Uh, a lot of what is leftover anger and uh i think there a lot of people have seen some things that they didn't expect to see in their lifetimes in the past year and um we're gonna we're gonna help them exercise that we're gonna always always you know help them you know take that to the forefront make something happen encourage them to do something give them the the principles of peace liberty and consent to go out there and and take on a system to have the knowledge to take on the system and um, I'll tell you what, been starting the, the craft work on these proclamations for Holly Springs um, for a whole host of things that I can't wait uh, to have some discussions with the mayor again on. And um, I'm telling you, you guys can do things. You guys have every you're as smart as I am, if not smarter, you probably got more time. Um, to do this kind of stuff. And I'm dependent on you. There's a whole generation, generations of people are depending on you, not just here, but around the world. And I, I mean that with every ounce of my being. There are generations and generations that are counting on us to go out and get off our ass and get uncomfortable and fight for fucking freedom in the most peaceful way we can. That's where things like the Anti-Federals come in handy. Been saying it for years. We got some eternal truths on our side. And with those in peace, 
man, who's going to stand against us? They can't debate us. They got to smear us. They got to tell lies about us. They got to black us out. They got to keep us off of balance. They have to play every damn dirty trick in the book all the way down to indoctrinating your kids at age five. And they want them earlier. These guys are scared to fucking death of us. Or they talk, or they debate, or they have conversations. They do something other than everything that they do to completely whitewash us from history. Man, it's a powerful, powerful thing that we have. And we can't let it slip through our hands. We can't let it slip through time. We have to take advantage of it now. So with everything that I've already said in the beginning of the show, I appreciate you guys. Thank you so much for staying up. And I will catch you here probably tomorrow night. I think I actually have uh, another governor candidate this time from Arizona. Um I think we're going to do the show right around six um, and I'll put it all up on, on social media tomorrow at some point, but um, come in and watch it. We're going to start talking and then I've got a, another document I'm working on for all of those who want to be part of the Helios initiative here in America, man, big things are happening. So I love you guys. I need you. Peace. Um, don't hurt people and don't take your stuff.